Life's a Mitch. G'day, guys. Welcome back. It's episode, I feel like it's 25 of Life's a Mitch. So last week, I spoke to Alan Stevens. He's a local guy that lives near me, and he's um, trying to make the world a better place, essentially, with his teachings. He uh, can scientifically read people and um, you know read facial expressions and pretty much tell you what you know what your personality is like, which he was scarily accurate to me. It was... And uh, maybe have goosebumps all over my my arms and legs. So um, yeah, check that out. He um, he's an interesting guy. And he's making the world a better place, creating safe spaces all over the world. So please give him a look and a shout out on his socials, and I'm sure and he will appreciate your time. So this week got a another international guest. So I'm going back to the northern hemisphere again this episode, and quite a list of bona fides on uh, on this list here. So I've got you know an in an, an international guest. So. Could I please get you to introduce yourself, please, and uh, just a bit of story, a bit of a uh, bit about yourself, if that's okay? Oh, hi, Mitch. Yeah, I'm Elizabeth Lee Crowther. I'm known in the UK as Psychic Beth because I work as a psychic medium. Uh, but I'm what I'm most well known for is for being a pet psychic, and I've appeared um, quite a lot on ITV here in the UK on a program called This Morning uh, with Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. And also I've been on a program called Sunday Best with Martin Kemp, Roman Kemp. Uh, And it was amazing because Martin Kemp was one of my heroes from the 80s because he was in a band called Spandau Ballet. So it was a real honour to be invited onto those um, TV shows uh, to really demonstrate my work as a pet psychic. Well, so that you get that, ladies and gentlemen, we've got an internationally acclaimed celebrity on our guests. So how lucky are we? I am. Um, my uh, I am. So I've spoken about this matchmaker.fm thing before, and I saw your page, and I'm like, wow, that's that's quite a list of uh, achievements you've you've got so far. Um, and also your your books, which we can talk about that in a moment, but. I am, what sort of drew me in is, uh, when did you discover that you had the ability to first off be a psychic and let alone delve into being a psychic reader for pets as well? How does, how does one discover that ability? Well, it really, it was the, it was kind of the other way around because as a child, I always had these abilities to link in with animals. I thought that it was normal that if you'd got a pet, you would hear their thoughts in their mind Um, a bit like being on the telephone to somebody really and I would pick up on what they were thinking about I'd be picking up on how they felt if they were poorly if they were well Um, we'd had rescue animals so I was also picking up on the background and what had happened to them and I just thought that that was what everybody did when they got a pet and it wasn't until I got older I, I was always going to the horse riding stables and riding horses and ponies Uh, We couldn't afford to have one ourselves, but I used to go to the stables. And one day I was with my friend and we were riding some ponies. And I said to her, I said, oh, how's your pony today? Because my pony keeps telling me it's got a bad back and and it's got a problem with its front leg. And she just said, I don't know what you mean. My pony isn't telling me anything. And then I kind of thought, oh, actually, it's like not happening for other people. So, yeah, I sort of probably was about perhaps the age of 10, um, when I really started realising that other people weren't experiencing what I was experiencing. And as I sort of went through my teenage years, I was really fascinated by psychic things. I would often go in people's houses 
like say my friend's house, for instance, and I'd pick up on energies of perhaps people who passed away that would have lived there. I'd often think that things were a little bit creepy or would have a strong feeling that somewhere was haunted, I suppose you could say, you know, for want of a better expression. And again, because I grew up as a teenager in the 80s, there wasn't really any, there wasn't much literature about it. There wasn't things on the TV. I used to scour the library shelves trying to find books about psychic subjects. But these days, it's everywhere. You can find out as much information as you want, you know, but you couldn't then. So I'd always had this feeling and, and I'd always be pretty good at knowing what people were thinking, you know, or I'd, I'd sort of say something to somebody and say, oh, I think you'll be okay because I think you're going to meet somebody who will help you. Or I'd kind of often be predicting the future but it would come, come very naturally to me. I would just drop it into conversation. Then as time went on and I got my own horses and ponies in my 20s and then we started to get the internet um, later on, I really kept thinking about what I was doing more as a child with the animals. And so I decided to research more into it. And then I discovered it had got a title and that other people actually do it. And it was called animal communication. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's not just me that has these experiences. And at the time, I used to work as a nursery nurse in schools. I'd left to have my third child. And I'd decided to part with my horses and ponies because after my third child was, was born, it was really difficult to manage a baby three or four horses and ponies. And consequently, I started um, selling off saddlery that I'd accumulated over many, many years. And people uh, started coming and I started at my own saddlery business. And as this business grew and got bigger and more popular, people kept bringing with them photographs of their horses or their dogs. And they'd say, oh no, here's my horse, what sort of saddle do you think would fit or what size rug do I need? And as I was looking at their photographs, I would be talking about their animals, but I would be giving very specific information. I'd be saying, now, the reason, you know, you're having trouble with your horse is because I feel like he's got a bad tooth and that needs sorting out before you buy the bridle and the bit, get the tooth sorted out and various things. So, Consequently, word got around. And so in the end, people stopped buying saddlery. They just kept coming to me with their photographs of their pets. And I thought, hang on a minute, you know, my saddlery's not selling. <laughs> I'm gonna have to reassess what I'm doing here. Now I'm very skeptical, Mitch, which you may be surprised to hear. So I wanted to test myself and I thought, well, the best thing I could do is do readings on other people's animals because I believe it's a telepathic process so you don't need to be with the animal so that's why you can use a photograph because it, it's like you're a sender of information and also a receiver of information telepathically it's a mind-to-mind -mind communication so I started doing email readings for people from all over the world and I asked them to send me their photos of their animals because I knew without any shadow of a doubt that I could 
possibly not know anything about the person because they were like in Belgium or France or the USA. And I couldn't possibly know anything about their pet either. So I really went through a time, probably in around about 2003, 2004, where I was testing myself at this because I thought I can't do this for other people unless without a shadow of a doubt, I know it's real. So that's what I did. And then I ended up um, on the TV in about 2005 on a programme called The Richard and Judy Show on Channel 4 because I was helping to track a dog that had gone missing. Now, the poor lady whose dog went missing, she cried so much that she went blind in one eye. She detached her retina. And because of that, she made the headlines. I mean, you know yourself, if you've got a pet, the love that you have for your animal, if they go missing and you can't find them, it's so distressing. So that made the headlines and consequently ended up in London on this TV programme. And then I went to um, Russell Brand's house. I was studying his kitchen. Really? Doing a read on his cat called Morrissey for another TV programme. And then I did a documentary and a few little things um, like that. So my my life really went into a a, a different way. And then I started realising that the animals knew a lot about their owners and were predicting things for what was going to happen. And also... When I was having these sessions and doing these readings, often I would get a person that had passed away come through to me to be remembered to the person I was talking to. So I realised then I needed to either do an animal reading or a reading for a person. So I started using a lot of things like oracle cards, a little bit of tarot to give somebody a guiding reading about what's going on in their life, what's coming up in the future, and how to really help them and support them maybe through a a difficult time. I then trained in counselling because a lot of big problems, and I wanted to do my best to help them, whether that was through a psychic channel or through um, a bit of counselling to really help them get back on track with, with their lives and give them some information for the future too. Um, all this has been going on for a few years now. And I then got my own radio show on a local radio station, which was brilliant for five years because I was able to allow this to be demonstrated because I would do free reading. So people could ring in, have a reading, see what they thought. Um, And then I've been doing my own show now since uh, about three years on on a station called Pulse Talk Radio, which I still do that now every Wednesday and people can experience a free animal reading or a personal reading. Now, in 2017, I wasn't very well. I ended up Uh, with chronic anemia and so the good thing that come out of that was I had time to write a book so I thought what can I do while I'm recuperating and I realized that not only was I connecting with people to do readings for them and animals but I also was fascinated by numbers and I often see patterns of numbers or I keep looking at the clock and I would see things like it's 4.44, or I would go out in my car and I would see a registration plate with like my initials on, and then I'd be thinking about the number that was next to it. And so 
I started channeling, I believe, from the universe, something called universal number attraction, where I believe each number has a personal message. So if you keep seeing a number, you can look it up in my book and you can have your own little mini psychic reading. Is that similar, so to, I, is that similar to numerology readings or something a little bit different? It's, it's, it's all about the energy and the power of numbers, which is is similar to numerology but what this is is actually numbers up to one to a thousand and then if you just flick through the book and land on a specific number or you may have a number that pops into your head between one and a thousand or you may keep seeing it in your daily life you are getting like a little reading or you might see two or three numbers and you can put them together I mean, we can try it if you want, Mitch. If you have a number one to a thousand that pops into your head, tell me and I'll read it out for you. Okay. Well, I, before I do that, one, what a story. That, um, that <laughs> what you just covered then, um, absolutely makes my job a lot easier because you've just told us some of the incredible feats you've achieved. So, okay, we'll, we'll delve into that in a second. But my lucky number is everywhere for the last however long, every day, I've, and my, my good mates will, will uh, attest to this, I see the number 58 everywhere. So it's my lucky really? number. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what it is in my book and, and see why you're so drawn to 58, because this is a little message for you. Yep. Now, I'm going to read this out to you, Mitch, and I want your, your honest opinion. 58 says, dream big. You can achieve your goals far easier than you think. Synchronicity is on your side. Watch as your dreams grow. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's relevant to I guess this this whole podcasting thing. I um I started at the start of the year, and um you know, the dream is to get attention and you know the, get some traction and um speak to amazing people, hear amazing stories. And uh, this week, I was able to be on Fake Doctors, Real Friends, the the Scrubs uh, podcast. That's but, amazing. Got to meet JD and Turk themselves via Zoom, and um yeah, so you know, good things come. Yeah, that's. That, that hits a few uh, home runs for me, yeah, really for sure. Big. It's going to get bigger for you, bigger and bigger. I do hope so. It, but, it, it but... is. I'm a psychic. <laughs> I know. I know these things. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, so tell us, so where can we find your book and what's it called and uh, all those sorts of things? Uh, my, my book is on Amazon and it's called Life by Numbers. Now, I used my maiden name, um, when I wrote it. So my maiden name is Elizabeth Barber. But if you just type in Life by Numbers Elizabeth Barber, it will come up. Now, yeah. I'm going to tell you something that happened, if, if this is okay, Mitch, because I was on Facebook one day and I saw this guy, um, you know, often when you flick through Facebook and you keep seeing like sponsored ads and you think, oh, I'm not going to look at that, it, you know. But the one guy I saw Flick up does something called Mind Valley, and he's called Vision Lakiani, and he was doing a free masterclass about sort of achieving a bit like achieving your goals, a bit like what we've just said about, but getting into a deep meditation uh, to solve problems or to help you on your path. And me being very sort of skeptical, like to try new things out, I thought I'm going to have a go at this. 
because I looked at his face and I thought he's he's a real deal he's not somebody who just says yeah so I was looking at this guy called Vision Lakiani and who runs something called Mind Valley and I started doing his technique it was a free class and it's about manifestation really and what you want to happen in your life so I don't know if you've ever heard of a film and a book that was really popular called The Secret. Yes, yes, I, I, I know. I've, yep, I've uh, all heard of The Secret. I've never read it, but it, so correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, it's predicated on the fact that the energy you put out to the universe is what you will receive back. So if you manifest something enough, it'll happen to you. So say if you want to start a good podcast and ask the universe, it'll supply it. <laughs> I'll have to send you his details, Mitch, and I'll send you the link and you can watch it and, and yep. have a go yourself. Uh, because what I've done, I'd, I'd written this book, but although I've got good reviews on the book, it had never been an Amazon number one bestseller in its category. And so I watched this thing and it was about, you know, manifesting something that you want. And, and during this, I thought, right, I'll try and manifest my book to number one. What have I got to lose? Let's see if this law of attraction is really working. And anyway, I did it. And 24 hours later, my book was Amazon number one bestseller in the numerology category. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround. It's just like a mad coincidence. Has this this law of attraction really worked? And so I thought, well, it, it is a bit of a coincidence, but nevertheless, it's happened and so what I did then, I thought, well, what can I ask next? I'm going to do the law of attraction thing again. And I thought, well, I haven't been on TV for many years. I'm going to ask the universe to get me on TV. And then I'll know that if that happens, you know, that this is really, this is really real. It's really working. So I did it again. And, and I asked to be on, on TV. And what happened next was that two days later, I had a message in my messenger Facebook um, inbox from a guy called Dill. And he said that he was uh, working for a news agency and they would love to cover a story about pet psychic and animal communication. He said, have you got any interesting stories? And I thought, hang on, is this, is this a real thing? So I Googled him and realised that he did work at this news agency. So I, I rung him back and I told him about when I was doing a pet reading for a horse called Fred, whose owner had come because he got many problems, like he got a back problem and, and different things. He was being treated by a vet, but she wondered if there was any other things that she could do to support him. So during these sessions that I did, she became very fascinated. Her name's Caroline, very fascinated with, with the whole pet side. And she said, well, you know, can Fred tell me anything about myself and my life? So I said, yes. And I asked him and he gave us some business advice because she got her own business. And she said, what I really would love to know, will I meet an, a new partner? I'm single and I'd love, I'd love to meet somebody. So I telepathically put this question over to her horse, Fred. And the, the answer that I got back was that she would meet a man who loved to be on the water. He would love to sail. He would live sort of down Devon Way, um, which is sort of by the coast. And he would be tall and handsome and slender build. And also what Fred gave me was that she would know he'd be her soulmate 
because he would have a great big scar on his leg. Anyway, um, a few months later, this all came true. She met a guy called Charlie who lived in Devon, who was a sailor. And yes, he did have a big scar on his leg. So I told the news guy all about this and he was absolutely fascinated. He said, oh, this is amazing. Can we contact Caroline to validate what you've told us? So I, I said, yes, I'm sure she won't mind. So they did contact her. And of course, she told them her version of, of what had happened and how she'd met Charlie and how he got this big scar on his leg. And they came a few days later to film me at my home and ask about the story. And we also went to Caroline's home and filmed there with her horse bread. And a few days later, it was on the front page of a Sunday newspaper, the story. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is crazy. And in my head, Mitch, I said, well, when I did the manifestation, I asked to be on TV. I didn't ask to be on, the, on a newspaper. But I thought, well, this is exciting anyway. This is quite fun. The next thing that happened was that we had a phone call from this morning on ITV asking us to be on their TV show. And I was like, well, now there's no way this is a coincidence anymore. It has all come true. So we were filmed on a Monday morning live at Caroline's house. Her partner, Charlie, was there. The horse, Fred, was there. I was there. We got a live link uh, to the studio with Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. And I, we sort of talked about what had happened. And I made a few little predictions for, for Holly Willoughby as well. And they really enjoyed it. And they asked me if I would stay on the show and would I do some um, readings for the viewers of the show? Would I stay on and do a, a live phoning? And I said, yes, I will do the live phoning. I mean, I was, I looked like I was really calm, but I wasn't. I was really <laughs> nervous. Yes. You can imagine, I was trying to like keep, you know, keep myself really calm and, you know, and so that went really well. And the next thing that happened, that ended up all over the internet. It went kind of viral that, you know, I'd done these readings. And consequently, um, a few weeks later, they asked me to go back again and do some more readings for the viewers. And the third time I went on, I went on with Dermot O'Leary and Alison Hammond on the show. And it was amazing. So I've been on there three times in about six months. And then I was invited onto ITV, onto the Sunday Best programme with Martin Kemp and Roman Kemp. And I did a reading on Martin Kemp's dog called Iris, a little rescue dog. And also Karen from Banana Rama, which is a, a, a really uh, famous band in the 1980s. I did a reading on her dog on the show as well. So it was <laughs> most amazing. And how the, the law of attraction thing that I'd done with this Mind Valley, how that had all, had all worked. And not only that, Mitch, that my book, ended up being the best seller on Amazon for four times since then. So it's just been the most incredible um, thing to happen. And of course, it's given me the opportunity to really demonstrate to people that animal communication really does work. So that was the best thing about it, that I could show everybody how it works. And what I believe is that most people who love animals... Um, and that are very passionate about their pets are actually able to communicate with them telepathically 
and psychically as well. And I teach people how to do it. And you know what? It's really easy. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It is something that most people are already doing, but they don't realise how they are kind of, they're not processing it really. So I like to teach people how to do it because it gives you an even more closer bond with your pet and your animal. And you can really help each other on an even bigger level because animals are incredible healers for people. You know, often um, when we're feeling sad, animals will tune into that energy. When we're happy, they will go a little bit wild and celebrate with us as well. So it is amazing what animals actually know about our lives and what's going on for us. So it's been an incredible sort of 12 months for me where I know it's been a difficult 12 months for a lot of people with the lockdown and and what we're going through with the virus but for me you know it's been I've I've kind of been able to use that time in a a bit of a different way yeah nice I am there I'm okay so it's not often I'm lost for words however um i think the, uh, the the fact that you've got that ability is pretty bloody cool um to be able to you know to do all these things that you that you've done like communicating and the story with charlie and um and the lady um sorry her name escapes me and to do a lot of readings from the house and then call-ins and then to go viral and tv and then reading out for these news and banana rama members like i am um, i i if i had a hat on i'd tip it to you i um i tip my beanie to you right now <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I um, it's it's cool. I I like getting people like yourself on here because I personally I am somewhat spiritual. That's and that's what started this whole thing off for me. Is can I share a story with you real quick? Oh, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. So when I this this whole thing started from a psychic reading, which is like a her name's Katrina Jane. She's a she's a local clairvoyant here near me anyway so she um she did a reading for me at the start of the year and she said you know you want some motivation then just essentially the i i for c abc and that you know you need to manifest your own energies and go for after uh, for what you want and me personally i want to get into radio since then i caught up with her in episode seven and, and hashed over some of the things that that had started further th- further to this it's been another three months since so you know i've done 20 this will be the 25th episode of the podcast so still going strong there i appeared on tv myself so i manifested that i wanted to entertain as many people as i can hear some amazing stories and if i can create some laughs along the way i went on mastermind the tv show like the australian version of mastermind here made had the host and hysterics and my social media in the last 48 hours has blown up so much like you know just getting random messages hey man i had such a good time listening to you here and 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 further from that so the onesie i wore was fake doctors real friends which is as the tv show scrubs podcast Two hundred thousand views this uh, little promo video had and then that's amazing that's crazy and then so the producer the fake doctors real friends got tagged and so did zach braff and donna Faison or turk and, and jd they got tagged and then it went they got so much attention that they then got me on their podcast to which i got to meet some well some of my favorite actors of all time because scrubs was a big part of my teenage years and to meet them and to meet mark Fennell, the host of um mastermind and to, to have this crazy wave of excitement happen um yeah well i mean and i'll go back to katrina it's like well she just reinforced what i should do and the fact that that's still now happening 
and um, I'm able to speak to people like yourself who have these incredible stories to tell worldwide. I am, um, I, I count my blessings every day and I am absolutely, actually, I, I, I literally, it brought me to tears hearing back me on the podcast. One, I was charming and funny. Two, it meant so much. So to people like yourself, I cannot thank enough as well because time is the most valuable, one of the most valuable forms of currency that we'll ever have. And the, the fact that you're sitting here with me um, means the world. So I thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart as we go along. You for inviting me on because you're giving me space to share my story and make a connection with with you as well and i can help you a little bit i hope with radio because uh, i do a radio show on a, on a fantastic Please. station on the internet and uh, we we often have space for new presenters that we welcome with a with a spiritual basis so I can help you a little bit if you're interested in that. We can talk about that later. But I was fascinated I to hear I am, about yes. your story with Scrubs because my daughter uh, went on tour with the Blanks, which was Ted's band from Scrubs. So yeah. and they, she... they on the on the on the show they were called the Worthless Peons. As peon. But yeah, <laughs> the four, so, so it's, it's a four-piece a cappella uh, singing group, and they are incredible. I, I, I love them so much. They are incredible. I think we've still got some um, banners somewhere that say on it, the scrubs here tonight, uh, not the scrubs, the blanks are here tonight or something like that. We've still got some somewhere in the house. That's cool. That's I'll, have a... to find, I'll have to find them and, uh, well, hang and, on. and share. Hang on to them because, unfortunately, the front man, Sam Lloyd, passed away last year. He, um, That's right. That's right. Very 50, I think he, he was only 56 and he... um. He come down with with cancer, and I, I I don't think it was. I think it was inoperable, and uh, unfortunately, we lost a very funny, talented man. Um, Absolutely, yeah, it's very sad. I, I mean, Rachel told me about that at the time, and uh, she was obviously upset about it because when she was on tour with them, obviously she got to know them really well and, and became friends with them. They would be stopping in the hotel together. They would be eating meals on. The you know, every day on the tour together. You know, they were they were part of her life at the time. They went all around the UK touring. I think they went to a lot of the universities doing shows, and she had an absolute fantastic time uh, because she worked for an agency in London who was representing them at the time. So that's why she was involved there. So isn't that amazing that? there is like a link between us where you've been on mastermind and been on the scrub with the scrubs um, actors on, on a podcast. And then I've got that little story to, to share with you about my daughter, Rachel and her connection um, to them. But what was your specialist subject on mastermind then, Mitch? Scrubs. There's the scrubs it itself. So you yeah. actually was the you actually went on answering questions about the TV show. Yep, wearing a scrubs onesie as well. <laughs> I'll send <laughs> I'll send you the promo video. You'll just you'll look at it and go, wow. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see it. That's I'm, amazing. I'm not sure if it'll let you stream overseas, but I will send you the link for the episode too. So I'll try that if you like. And I'm yeah. sure I'll be able to find a way. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see that. It sounds really good. Oh, I, I, it was like for those of you who don't know, Mastermind, you get two rounds of questions. One is your specialist topic. I chose Scrubs. 
the second round is general knowledge. So my scrubs topic didn't do too badly. General knowledge, it bombed pretty darn hard. So, <laughs> but that's okay. I still didn't come last. And um, it's led to bigger and better things for you. So you were meant to go on Mastermind. Yeah. Because if not, you wouldn't have ended up on their podcast. So isn't it amazing how like synchronicity and destiny plays out where one thing leads to another? Absolutely. And that's what, that's what it sounds like has been going on. And I think you've got so many things to look forward to in the future. And I know as we're chatting here, the one thing I keep seeing is the 21st of June. So I need you to remember that date. So I'm getting that for you. 21st of June, around that time, something big is uh, coming in there. So I'll probably forget it, but make sure you remember it. I'll put it in my calendar right now. 21st. In your calendar. But 20... I think you're going to do really well. and Your voice will be heard um, not only through your podcast, but I feel like you're going to be invited onto shows, invited onto radio, you know, have your own radio show. You'll, you'll, you'll grow and grow within your media work. Um, now, I don't know where about in Australia you are, and I, I don't know... Australia I've never been there but I keep hearing Adelaide so I've got to give you that so I don't know if you're anywhere near it but for some reason they give me that place in Australia so I've got to I've got to pass that on to you okay well I am uh so I'm sort of volunteering at a local radio station now at Cessnock every second Thursday I'm just doing three hours of volunteer radio so but in terms of my location, I'm approximately an hour and a half north of Sydney in a place called Newcastle on the east coast. Adelaide is probably about 1,500 kilometres away-ish. So quite a, long, quite a long way away for you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget that there's going to be a link there. Yeah, 1,513 kilometres. I was close. So it's not you can't just pop up the road to Adelaide. <laughs> no. There's going to be a link for you there. So either that you'll be going there for a reason or you're going to be linked to somebody or something in that area because I can hear it very clearly. So I've got to pass that on to you. Okay, the well, other thing that I can see, I keep seeing an image, I don't know if you know this yet, of a white cat, a beautiful white cat with quite long legs. But it's, it's, it's basically mainly white in colour. And if you don't know that yet, I need to you to remember that that cat will be coming around you or you'll be linked to somebody with this very distinctive um looking cat um there so i've just seen that as well you'll be coming back over to england um a little bit later on uh, there'll be an opportunity for you in england and i keep seeing you know dogs which are called border collies which are black and white like we call them sheep dogs one of my um, my my Childhood dog was a border collie. His name was Max. Oh, okay. Well, I'm seeing an image of that of that dog. So that can be your dog trying to connect back to you through me to be remembered because I'm seeing the border collie, the sheep dog. Um, I get that that dog was very loyal to you and would want to follow you everywhere. You felt very, very strong connection together. Um, he is. He was. He was my brother and I and my best mate. He was. He made. He made it to, to seventeen. Yeah, it was. That was a hard day. Let him go. I bet it was. I bet it was. Well, it's no wonder that he's. I'm seeing a picture of him and he's trying to come back to be remembered through me to you. Um, I get that that he was an extremely intelligent soul, 
and that he would almost be likened to a person because he would know like routines, he'd know kind of what you were thinking and what you were about to do. But I have a real playful nature with him. And although you say he lived to be 17, he never really shows me himself as an old dog, as if he kept going and kept going and kept going and had always retained a very youthful way about him. And that's quite old for a Border Collie to live to 17. You know, and, and he always, he said, I, I was always like young in my head and always young in my heart and wanted to do things all of the time. So there was a real like eagerness um, around him. Now, the one thing I can see when I linked to him, did somebody injure their knee? He keeps showing me somebody's knee. Did somebody um, have to have a surgery on it or did somebody have an issue? I keep seeing a kneecap. That, that's the only way I can describe it. So uh, no, no humans that I can think of. Mate, Max's legs were a little bit arthritic towards the end, but in terms of uh, kneecap, I don't, if- think it's a, I don't think it's for him. I don't think it's for him because I'm not seeing it as an animal's knee. I'd have a different um, picture in my mind. I see it as a human, a human knee. Now, just think about it later, or just be aware that this has been given. Um, so. Don't worry about it now, but retain retain that information because it will be there for a reason. Okay. Um, the other thing that I want to say to you, is there anybody yet around you called Sal or Sally? Because I keep seeing S-A um, when I link to him. Is there anybody called Sally? If not, uh, for this person coming in. Not off the top of my head. That. And no. also gives me the name of Rose, either Rosemary or Rose. Rose, um... Rose uh, recently passed away. It's my stepfather's mum. Okay. Well, what that is, is that Rose is also letting you know that she's arrived safely into the spirit world and wants to be remembered to the family. So not only is your dog linking in, but Rose wants to be remembered um, as well. Um, Shows me that people have been having a very hard time coming to terms with what happened. Um, so she's sending a lot of peace and a, and a lot of love. Um, sounds a bit weird that she wants to give you pink flowers from Spirit, which is which is a, which is a, a real way of sending a lot of good blessings to you. I'll tell you something about um, Rose. I'll tell you something about Rose real quick. Okay. So uh, from where myself and my parents are, um, I live about 15 minutes from my mum and stepdad. And Rose lives in a lived in a place called Gunnada, which is about four hours from here and her funeral was on a saturday and i planned to get up really early head on out but my crohn's disease played up and i got the worst case of food poisoning and i couldn't make the the journey out there so i and to this day i've i I, 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 it's sad i really wanted to go i I really wanted to pay my my respects and i you know it felt really bad well just remember for her to come through and send you these good blessings for her she knows that the thought and the love is there and that's what's important because i believe that spirit are with you and they know what's going on and although i know that we we often celebrate somebody's life through the process of a funeral and it's also an ending um, and it's also a place where we can mourn and we can support each other you can still do that from wherever you are you don't have to actually be at the service to have those thoughts 
And a lot of people have been affected um, because of the pandemic with not being able to attend funerals or funerals have been really reduced in numbers. And you can do your own little ceremony. And I did that fairly recently for somebody and I just sat quietly because I couldn't go to, to the funeral. And I just sat quietly, I lit a candle and just thought about them, you know, and I think when you're thinking about spirit, they're thinking about you. And that's very important to remember. So I know she's sending you lots of love and blessings. She's got, a, when I link to her, she's got a funny laugh or like a distinctive sense of humour. So she's got this lovely way of, of really reassuring you that you're to let that go, that you don't beat yourself up, that you couldn't make it because the love is there. And that's all that, that's all that matters, that, that true love between you. And that's what's most important. Um, she's making me laugh. And, and it's like I can see an image of coins in your pocket. And she's saying that finances are going to improve a little bit later on at the end of July and the beginning of August for you. So she's reassuring you about something financial. So I don't know whether you've been trying to save for something or you're trying to do something and things are um, a little bit... Um, you know, a little bit awkward in the way that you're going to do it, or you think, oh, how am I going to be able to do that? But she's showing you that it's going to happen and there is a way forward there. She keeps um, making me look at a vehicle for you. Are you having a new vehicle? Are you getting uh, a vehicle? Well, uh, me the, the, old, the idea was I plan, I'm, I'm actively looking in houses now um, to no avail. Um, and then maybe buying a car after I'm settled with that, yeah. But so well, she's showing that the coins in your pocket will grow, and at the end of end of July, beginning of August, you're going to be in a good position financially to move forward. But she keeps showing me wheels, so I'm not sure whether the vehicle will come first, and you'll do it the other way round. Because she says where you're going, you will need a vehicle. She said it'll be really important to focus on that, and she said that that she keeps showing that you will be in a dilemma because there'll be a red a red vehicle and a blue vehicle that will be available. And she keeps saying, tell him to go for the blue one. Tell him to go for the blue one. So she, she I've just got to tell you what she shows me. So <laughs> you'll have to let us know later on how everything um, pans out there. She makes me look at the 25th of November and she puts this wonderful smile on her face and she says she can see you feeling so good and so happy in the middle of November around the 25th there's going to be a lot of happiness there for you and um she's she's given me another funny thing if you don't mind me saying Mitch um there's an, an announcement she said of a pregnancy or a birth oh. so she knows there's an, an announcement Have you do you know about that yet um, I'm not seeing anyone, so it probably won't be me, I wouldn't think. Well, it's, it's coming in around the family and it's coming in soon. Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. Um, well, you've got to remember what she's given you and that you've heard it first. So when that's announced, you can think, ah, Rose knew, Rose knew about that. So okay. she's, she's passing that on to you. And she's just given um, a set of keys to put into your hand. So that's like an image I get from spirits. So I know there's plenty of new doors opening for you when I see that, when I see that symbol. 
So life is going to change dramatically. You're going to have um, three or four things that are going to come in a very short space of time. So it's about you learning a bit of techniques to keep yourself calm, really, because you'll be a bit like um, a headless chicken trying to trying to be here, there and everywhere. So it'll it'll be very much, she shows me, how things go in your life where it's all or nothing. Like often you go through periods where not a lot's happening. And then when one thing happens, it's like you open the door for several things to happen at once. So it's like a crazy. And she said, that's how you tend to be like a flurry of things. And then it's quiet again. And it goes a little bit mad. And then it's quiet again. So she's just preparing you for another sort of time in your life where everything goes a little bit crazy again. But she sends a lot of love to you. So I, I hope that's helpful. It's uh, certainly, it's interesting. Um, it's given me something to, I just put them down in my diary as you were talking, then I was just plotting them down in my diary. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll keep an ear to the ground and keep you informed as to if or when or how it happens, I guess. That's all I can do. That's what you need to do. Let me know. <laughs> I will. I um. It's it. It's interesting. I see. As I people regular listeners of this would know, I'm a, I'm I'm very spiritual. And um. Yeah. Rose. Um. Rose herself was probably one of the nicest humans that has ever existed on this planet. Um. She. Um. I. It, it was my time was sort of scarce with her because you know my every time my mum and stepdad got um you know i'd tag along when i was up to you know uh wayne's sorry my stepdad's um father passed away when i was about 17 and that was 2012 or 13 and then yeah rose uh late or early this year so um it, yeah they were they were really nice people sid was his name and he was an absolute like just a real aussie guy loved his family he adored his wife and um yeah, they were, yeah, they're really like lovely people. So, you know. Very sadly missed, I can imagine. She adored my mum, especially, obviously my stepdad, but she, she adored my mum, yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like you've got some real lovely memories there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I spread across the years, yeah, because the older, so my, the older I got, um, the less frequent I'd see her, but every time you would, she's always, she'd, they'd always open the home, you know, always welcome. So they lived, um, in country Canada and their family own 60 acres of land and they have this private residence going up the hill and at the top was my stepdad's parents' house and they had 10 acres up there and they had like bushland and they had, um, you know, an immaculate home and uh, the view up there was quite stunning. I'll send you a photo of it. Um, it sounds amazing. Absolutely amazing. It really does. You must have had some real happy times there from what you said. Yeah, it was. I am. Um, so thank you for doing the reading. It's uh, it always Makes the hairs on my neck stand up, absolutely. Well, you're very welcome, and um, it, it's all down to your people in spirit. You know, I'm just a, I'm just open-minded enough um, in order to allow them to come through. You know, I, I just feel that I just repeat what I see, feel, and hear, and you know, and that and that's part of what you do when you do mediumship and psychic work, and and with my animal work, again, I'm just very open minded enough to allow that to take place and you know what I get get to this age that I am I'm in my early 50s and just think you know I'm just going to show everybody now I'm not going to worry about what people think or how people judge it I know it's real I know it's true and I'm prepared to put myself out there to to 
hopefully prove it to people, you know, and uh, I've got to that point now where I just think, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to be authentic and I've got to show people that this is how I believe it works and, and this is how it works because it annoys me when people say they can do it, but they won't demonstrate it. Do you know what I mean? And I think, look, if you say you can do it, then, then be prepared to be tested, be prepared to, to show people the way forward. So I was really lucky to go on TV because I've got that opportunity where people from all over the UK were able to ring in with a, with a question and a photo of their animal. And obviously everybody knew that I couldn't possibly know any of the people that were randomly chosen by the TV company to participate so I'm very blessed in order to get that out and hopefully my big thing is that people will try and have a go themselves that they will find a reputable animal communicator to do a, a training course with I try my best to teach as many people as I can um you know in, in, the, in the amount of time I've got to do it and I just think so many people are pet psychics they are having the experience and I just want more people to learn about it it annoys me when people won't share what they do and they won't teach other people they keep it as if it's a big secret as if it's something not to be shared and I think look if you you can show people or you can help somebody how to do this that's really important to share it because more animals are helped more people more people are helped because Animals know so much about you and your life and they can direct you in a favourable way. I mean, the things that I have, I've told people through their animals, then people have acted on it and, it, and fortunately it's worked out really well for them. Would make your hair curl. <laughs> the one animal showed me, um, showed me that this, his owner would go, uh, I mean, I probably can't really talk about it too much, but if she, if she um, went into court that she would be successful um, by using by using a certain evidence that she was going to present and it would work and it would be successful. And she really trusted that and she did it and she and she did come out successfully. And I think, you know, you've you've been so brave and, and you've run with that. You've you've had your reading and, and you've taken the guidance and you've been brave enough to go with it and it's worked out well for you. So there's lots of things that have happened to people when they've had a reading and the light, the way their life has been sort of helped and guided because a psychic or a pet psychic will never tell you what to do. It's about looking at a favourable and a guiding way forward. But ultimately, that's down to you what you do with that information. So, you know, you're never told what to do, guided favourably. And you can weigh up your options, you know, you can have a clearer picture ahead and absolutely gain some clarity over a situation. I think the one hardest thing for me when I do my animal communication is when people have recently lost an animal um, or they know that their animal is coming to the end of its life because of their health conditions and and sometimes they contact me because they're going through such a hard time in knowing that they have to realistically look at that decision of when enough is enough for their pet. And so often I'm trying to um, support people through the grief, um, you know, and that happened 
yesterday actually, Mick, from my radio show, a poor guy, Alan, he had to make that decision for his dog yesterday. His dog had suddenly become extremely ill in a short space of time and he had to say goodbye to his best friend. And that is a very, very hard part of this work. But to support somebody through that is really important because we can grieve for our pets as much as we can grieve for a person. You know, they're a part of our family at the end of the day. And it sounds as though you know that all too well when you lost your lovely dog, Max. So um, I remember um, Max had to be put down. Um, and to uh, Stephen, was it, the guy who had to say goodbye? Especially during these times, you want companionship in these lonely times. You're isolated and inside and you can't get into the world and all this stuff. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. But with, with Max, he was um, he had to be put down before I was able to get there and say goodbye and um, got home. And yeah, that's, that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, mum made the decision and, you know, I, in hindsight, it would have been selfish of me to be like, just wait till I get home. And I was still at, um, I, don't know, I can't remember if I was still at school or just out of it, but um, yeah, he, um, I was able to help bury him and um, yeah, it was sad that day. It was a tough day. Um, but yeah, so, but uh, so what, what we might do is we'll flip that just for a moment. We'll, um, we'll go in a different direction and bring the vibe back up a little bit. So every episode, um, I like to ask the guests to have a good old wine, have a good winch, have a good sook, as we call it in Australia. And this is the, this is the part where we get... Again, what you call it in Australia. So you call someone a sook if they're like a... a yeah, or a, if you're a winger. Or, so if, you, if someone's <laughs> having a... If someone's a winer, they're a winger. So I was, I was speak, <laughs> speaking to you an American... winger, but I haven't, I haven't heard of sook. Yeah, I, if you're having a, a good old wine, you I'll, you know, suck it up, you suck. Um, oh, suck it up, suck up your, your moaning, you mean. Yeah, you know, time to, you know, you, get over it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that expression on a regular basis now. Well, when I, so when I, I'll, I'll, I'll digress for a sec. So when I was in Liverpool, my housemates would call me convict, surprisingly, you know. They call you what, sorry? Convict, because I'm Australian, you know. Convict. Yeah, because, you know, Australia was, white Australia was founded by the First Fleet, you know, James Cook, and a lot of convicts, yeah, a lot of convicts aided him in the First Fleet. So, you know, by definition, I guess I'm a convict. So, um, so anyways, I digress. So this, this part of the show, we have a good old whinge, sook, wine, uh, get stuff off our chest. Elizabeth, would you like to have a bitchy with Mitchy? I'd love to have a bitchy with Mitchy. I've been looking forward to this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so section of the show where we, we take a, a good look at what's going on in our lives and just put out to the universe what's pissing us off. So what's something that's absolutely grinding your gears lately? Well, Mitch, Oof. it's rude shopkeepers are literally doing my head in here in the UK. Now, most people are really lovely when you go into the, into the shops and the stores. But just recently, I don't know whether it's because of the pandemic, I keep being told off in, in shops and I'm, a, I'm adhering to all the conditions. I'm wearing my mask. I'm using the hand sanitizer. And on Saturday, I was told off because there was three people in the shop and you're only allowed to have three people in the shop. And I didn't realize and I walked in and I got told off saying, uh, out, you know, we've got three in, we can't have four. But 
it's the way that um you know the way sometimes people are speaking to you yeah. about these rules and i don't know whether it goes to their head a little bit that they suddenly feel um that they're in charge and i just think well i would never dream of being rude to anybody i find that most offensive i do my best to be courteous and polite if somebody really backs me into a corner then i will fight my way out of the corner but it takes a lot to get me in the corner in the first place so i I will really try and solve a problem or work with somebody and and not not uh, be rude so that is one of my real bugbears if anybody is rude it really affects me you know and i keep thinking about it and then I come out and think, well, why didn't I say this? And, and, you know, should you address it? Should you actually say to somebody, I think you're being really rude? I'll, um, I've really got it. I've got it. I've got the ability to, to hit people back straight away. So really? I'm going to, I'm going to teach you one of the greatest shutdowns you can ever use to rude shopkeeps. Okay. So <laughs> I think every, every situation like this needs an Australian by their side. So you, <laughs> you can use, you can use one of three options. Okay. okay. So obviously in a real world, in the, in a realistic world, Hey, excuse me, just to let you know, we've got three people in, would you mind just waiting outside till one comes out and then come in? Awesome. Not a problem. So option number one. Okay. Is if someone's offensive, you look at them and go, excuse me, mate. Um, do you know you're like gravity? Well, what do you mean? You are just bringing everyone else down wake up to yourself. There's option one. <laughs> option two. Okay. Option two is, if someone's blaring up at you and just say, excuse me, did you say something? All I heard was bullshit. <laughs> so that's option number two. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that, Mitch, honestly. I'd love to say it. I'd be saying it in my head. And you know what? You know, when you're wearing the mask, I've been muttering things under my breath because I know they can't see because yeah. it's concealed. <laughs> I'd love to say that. Or option number three is... You know, um, you know, it's that's an interesting uniform you're wearing. Where's the professionalism in it? Oh, that's a good put down. That's a good one. That's and like, if one. you, you know, if you can, I mean, I could say worse ones, but I won't, I won't because you know, I don't want to make it yes. bad. But I, I remember there was this one time I was in a shop and um, I was, um, I was treated rudely. So there's a, a chain of um, actually, there's one over in the UK now. There's a, it's a Bunnings, Bunnings warehouses. I used to work for them. And uh, my first job was just greeting customers. I was 15-year-old Mitch. I was like, hello, screws on all eight or nine. And later on, I started shopping there for my hardware needs. And uh, the attitude this uh, lady gave me, so I took in uh, like something to be returned. It was like a faulty drill or something. Took it in. If you have your receipt and all the components there, the policy was at the time that they give you a full refund or you can exchange it. And I've just got that, what's wrong with it? I'm like, well, for starters... What's wrong with it is that you are unprofessional and that you need to work on your manners. Oh, she was referring to the drill, but I was referring to a poor attitude. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what's wrong with it is one. So I'm fine. Some professionalism will get me someone who can help me out because I don't need this bullshit going on right now. And she's like, ah, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, Dale, here it is straight up. You're rude and you're stupid. (laughs) Just get me someone who can help me, please. I want to get out of here. And just like, Oh, I just, no, I said, no, shut up. Go give me someone who's going to help me because I don't need your shit. And like, I'm, I'm like, I'm empathetic and kind as, as, and compassionate as much as I can be. 
But when you get attitude of someone like, you know, you always look at people like icebergs, you can see what's on the surface, but you don't know what's bubbling underneath. You got no idea. Like, like, I just think if you, if you're a, in a customer service role and you are that stressed out, go and work out the back or have the day off or something, but just the, just got the, it was the hump. What's wrong with it? I'm like, well, tell you what. So it, it does really, it does really get you back up. And it puts me off going into shops where I know certain people work. And my kids um, all work in retail, my three children. Uh, they're all grown up. The oldest one is 31 and the youngest one is 22. And they are polite, they're courteous, they bend over backwards to give good customer service. And because of that, they've gone up, got on really well within their companies, you know. And... I would be devastated if they were not that way because I really said to them, it's, you know, for your, for your customers to return, it's so important that they're treated, you know, with kindness and understanding and you should go above and beyond to really help them because that really encourages people to come back in and you'll be remembered treating somebody nicely. And they often get, such lovely feedback i mean the other day uh, one of them got brought an easter egg into the store you know and, and because he'd, he'd really helped somebody uh, my son does um, he's a bike a bike mechanic so he, he'd done somebody's bike really put his heart and soul into it and they came back in with an easter egg for him yeah, and good. things like that and, yeah, and good. yeah they were so pleased with what he'd done and, and i think that whatever job you do to take pride in that work is so important. And if you're going into it with a real grumpy attitude, even if you are having some difficulties within your own life, that just brings the whole mood down and you feel worse yourself. Mm. You know, if you can go into it in a more positive way, even if you don't like your job, but you're trying to make the most of it, you do actually feel better yourself. I mean, I've worked in places in the past where I thought, I really don't want to go to work today. I really hate going, I'm not looking forward to it. But I've always put a smile on my face and I've always got on with it and made the, made the most of it, you know. I've got to the point now, Mitch, where I think I'm not employable anymore. I'm just too, I'm just too much like to do my own thing and, and um, I, I wouldn't be any good if people were telling me what I can and can't do. I'm no, I realise that about myself now. I'm not very good at being told off. I resent it. I don't like being told um, what I can do. So I don't think I'd be very good employee anymore. Uh, but nevertheless, I'd never, I'd never be rude um, to anyone. But that really does. That is my Mitchy bitchy. Is when I go anywhere Oof. and I'm told off for just wanting to pay for an object or wanting to have a little bit of an assistance with trying to find something um, in the shop. And the other thing that annoyed me the other day is that I asked, um, I said in the shop, I was looking for um, a little dog seat that you put in the car, that you put your dog in, and you kind of strap the little, the little. it's like a, a, a dog crate, not a crate, it hasn't got a lid, but it's like a dog bed, but with high sides that actually straps into the seat. <laughs> that'll, look, that'll look adorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got gorgeous little dogs. We, it was for my daughter's dog. She's got a chihuahua crossed with a Jack Russell. Tiny little, tiny little dog. Tiny little girl. Uh, yeah. Her name's Vivian Westwood. After Vivian, Vivian Westwood, because that's my daughter's favourite 
fashion designer. Okay. Um, so we were looking for that for Vivian. And I said to the guy, have you got this? I've seen it on your website. And he said, no, we haven't got one. We've sold them all. And I said, well, I'm sure, I'm sure that you would have one. Would you mind going and having a look at the back? Because this is why we've come to try and get one of these specifically. And he went, no, I, I know we haven't got any. And he wasn't prepared to look at the back either, which annoyed me even more. And I just had a feeling that there was one there, even though he said there wasn't one. I knew in my head. And I said to Rachel, I said, if we look around here, we're going to find one. And uh, we looked on the very low shelf and there was one. And I thought, yeah, mate, I know better in your shop what's here than you do. You know, I kind of wanted to say to him, there it is. You didn't even bother looking for me. And things like that really, really Yeah, people, some people like that, though, aren't worth the issue because they're too stupid to insult. So, like... <laughs> yeah. It's just like I um I actually thought of another retort. So the fourth option is it's an Australian term. You can just call them a human handbrake. Well, what do you mean? Because you're just holding everyone back, champion. You know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to end up in my local town coming out with all these little sayings. Someone will go. Where's the Australian? Yeah. Well, you are oh, you are a dead set human yeah. handbrake. Yeah, holding everybody back. I like that one. I like that. Or call yeah, someone. It can, also, it can also affect you because you can go in there all like happy and then it can bring your mood down. And I think anybody that's spiritual and does psychic stuff, you're a sensitive person to start off with. You're, and um, so you very much pick up on other people's vibes. And you, become in, so. you become intuitive and you're sort of getting sick. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I will tell you a story of a disgruntled customer and this thing flipped on itself and it was absolutely hilarious okay so this one day i was at a petrol station and i walked in to pay for my fuel and there's bowser number two so just keep that in your head for a second i've walked in to pay for said fuel and there's a grumpy little lady speaking to the attendant she's like excuse me can you tell me where the toilet is and the attendant replied sure it's just over there near the entrance so i physically had to walk past this woman and uh, she she looked like oh, like a, just a, a cranky troll. Anyway, so I'm walking past her. Now, this guy instinctively says the number of the pump out loud to whoever's walking in. And he looks to me and goes, number two. And I'll never forget it. She turns around and goes, no, as a matter of fact, you pervert. It's number one. What's it to you? <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh, it was. It oh, was brilliant. It, um, I looked at this guy. I couldn't keep it straight. I lost it in laughter. And she's, I don't think she realized how funny it was. She slammed the door closed. And uh, we are, I, I said to the bloke, said, she's just like Oscar. Oh, what do you mean? Oscar the Grouch. There's another one for you. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. I mean, you know, you can't take yourself too seriously, can you? You've got to have a laugh. You've got to have a joke. And it's important not to be offended. I think people these days become offended all too quickly. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there as well. It's, um, see, I, look, I don't like to cast shade onto de certain demographics, but in this case, it's plausible because I'm a Gen Z and I was born in the 80s. So you go from like Gen, like 96 onwards, I think it's, so I'm, I'm Gen Y, Gen Z is after that. So we're millennials. And I think that in the age of, you know, social media and, uh, you know, um, 
you get access to the whole world at your fingertips. You know, certain demographics can be targeted easier online and bullied. And I think this level of insensitivity has gone up tenfold because of this. And now I have no scientific backing. So this is just an Aussie guy having a rant. And um, I guess this brings me to my bitch of the week is that um, people, you know, so like, you know, people are targeted, you know, talking about people that are higher of higher sensitivity. So like, I haven't met a vegan yet who like, actually I'm, I know of two vegans that are just chilled out and happy to talk to you. But the rest I've met, they told me they were vegan. Um, you know, it's like, you should do this, rah, rah, you know, and I've met feminists in, in, in brackets that, you know, the idea of feminism is about equal rights. You know, the fight, the fight is for equality, not to hate men, not to bash on men. I've met, I've met, so a few episodes ago, I spoke to a guy who's fighting some male rights and he told me stories about fighting, you know, how men were bashing on women and, you know, how, so like all this hatred, all this bullshit stems from there's, you know, my bitch of the week is people that just can't show a little bit more empathy and a little bit more patience with people. So you take your shopkeeper, for example. Okay. I'm in a shitty mood. However, I'm paid to be professional. Hey, excuse me. Would you mind just waiting outside, please? Common human decency, whether it's in England, Australia, New Zealand, Antarctica, the rate research bases or Africa, whoever I don't, hate people i hate dickheads i hate bad people and i or hate the strong word i dislike bad people but I, i'll happily buy anyone a beer who is a good person onto me whether they're in the, the form of someone from england or you know from down here I, I don't to be to to sort of relate back to what you were saying with this oversensitivity is that people tend to become offended when all they have to do is just ask a few more questions and clarify a little bit more patience, empathy and understanding makes this thing turn full circle. It makes the world a difference. It really does. And, you know, I've been doing these things in lockdown, like, you know, really thinking about the kindness side of it because everybody has been thrown into something which we've never been experienced in previously. And just to show that bit of kindness to each other, makes the world a difference and I've been trying to think about what can, what can help and because I do a lot of my psychic work and I do my radio show we do something called the psychic challenge on there where I give them a little it's a bit like a, a competition and if they get the answer right I'll send them a gift in the post and I kept sending people um little lucky charms you know uh because at the moment, people keep really thinking, I need a bit of good luck in my life. And I need, you know, and things have been tipped on the head for people. People have lost their jobs, people having to work from home, people are having to do something different to what their normal routine is. And, uh, and, and although it's something very insignificant in a way, these little lucky charms have been meaning a lot to people. And the person who won a lucky charm on last week's show sent me a message and said, I took that with me. I've got, I've got to do an exam and I took it with me and it really helped me. You know, this little, this little amulet, if you like, if you've got something to focus on and you're putting some positivity into that little object, sometimes that can really help you. So I was going to ask you, Mitch, do you have anything that you... Uh, that's a lucky charm for you or do you have anything that's like something that you would take with you into a stressful situation do you believe in anything like that yes i or i don't take it into situations but i believe in um like having nostalgia with certain with certain items and um you know if it can bring good fortune 
that's awesome. So I've still got I've got teddy bears in my room. I'm a 31 year old straight male Australian male who supposed to be tough and all this sort of crap. The stigma about men is BS as well. But I can I can honestly say I have three teddy bears that are sleep on a pillow beside my bed, and um, they are probably the most precious things to me apart from family of and photos, of course. Um, yeah. There's a little lion, a liony Morris the rain bear. There was a a book released with him too. And I bought a hedgehog and I called him Sonic and um, three mates just chilling out. And um, in terms of good luck charms at work, I've still got in the mind, I work in the mines and I've had the, uh, you, you have to um, have a your personal padlock because if you need to isolate your piece of machinery to refuel it or whatever, you have to lock it. So I've got a padlock that I've had since day one. It's never left my crib bag. So maybe there's a bit of luck in that. I don't know, but I look after it. And I just, um, actually, yes, there is something else as well. So my friend Brooksy um, unfortunately lost his daughter in 2018. And she was nine months old. Her name was Maya. She she, she was really out of the hospital. And um, uh, so that's episode two. It's quite a sad story. And um, before she passed, uh, Brooksy and his wife um, tried to raise money for it. And businesses were absolutely like so generous. They raised in excess of over $50,000. Like it was incredible. And um, they had a, they had an auction and I go for an, for a rugby league team here called the Cronulla Sharks. So the Cronulla Sharks donated a grand final winning Jersey. And I thought I have to win that one that won the auction $700 odd dollars later. And in my spare room, I got it framed, and on the thing it says Cronulla Sharks 2016 Premiers, and in bracket, and underneath I've got Maya, which is Brooksy's daughter's name. So that oh, that. that is um that will always, and I will I hang it proudly. Um, you walk in, one of the first things you see, and uh, I wrote her a poem on Facebook a little while ago, and um yeah, it's the, that. So that's one thing that I hope brings good memories mm. and good fortune to a, yes. a, a an otherwise dire situation. So oh, oh that's very powerful powerful and it's amazing how that makes you feel as well that you've got that object which is connected to her and to you and that you you know you would you'll honor that for the rest of your life that that will be a precious item for you forever you know and I think it's important to have things like that you know I, I know often I go through the homes and I if things are quiet in my life um, and I think, right, how can I, how can I sort of get things to be a bit busier or more things going on or whatever it is, I have these kind of funny ways and I have a massive clear out and um, I think, oh, I haven't read that book for years. I haven't looked at that. Let's clear it out. Let's make new space for things to come in. There are certain objects that are so meaningful that I would never dream of getting rid of them. And I used to listen a lot to a guy called Dr. Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Mitch. I actually went to a conference in America and, and, and was, you know, very lucky to be part of the audience where he was a speaker. He's passed away now. A very powerful man. Brilliant, brilliant man. And he actually said, I am not my things. That's what he used to say. I am not my things. And he actually gave away everything that he owned absolutely everything and, and I really had a problem with that I thought how could you give away absolutely everything and he said the only thing that he regretted giving away was some certificates from university or some doctorate or something in a box with everything he gave away that went and he regretted that 
And I thought I can get my head round that that we could get rid of most stuff and we have too much stuff, you know, too many material things. But I know within my home there are certain things which I honour and I love. And those are mainly being passed down to me from people who, who's no longer here or just things that I put a lot of energy in. And I've got I've got a beautiful picture of two horses that I used to be fascinated with as a child that belonged to my grandparents and that means the world to me and it was painted onto glass so the actual the actual picture is glass and the and it was painted onto glass and a few years ago well so a few years ago probably about 20 no, 15 18 years ago um a previous partner of mine was moving some furniture and I said to him take that picture off the wall before you move the cupboard because I'd be devastated if that picture gets broken and I went upstairs I don't know what I was doing and he he moved the cupboard but he didn't listen he didn't take the picture off the wall and the picture fell onto the floor and it, it smashed in half and I cried and I cried stuff. because that was something that was my grandparents that I remembered as a child but he didn't think he just said oh well it's broken now throw it away and I resented him so much for that attitude I cannot tell you and I my my sister and my brother-in-law always used to come to my house every Saturday and I'd cook a meal We'd always have like a family meal on Saturday. And when they arrived, my 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 brother-in-law Derek said, What's the matter? He goes, You don't look very happy. What's the matter? And I, I told him, I said, Oh, I said this picture's got broken. And I, and I burst into tears. And he said, Don't worry, let me see what I can do. And do you know, he took that picture away and he glued it back together. You know, he glued all the pieces back and then he took it to a shop that reframed pictures and he had it all reframed for me. And he presented it to me a couple of weeks later. And I just can't tell you how, I don't, I, I, I've never forgotten it. It was all those years ago, the kindness, the understanding, the empathy, for something that was so meaningful to me that that my brother-in-law went to that trouble you know it, it meant the world to me and it, so I can fully appreciate how you feel about your special picture that you've got you know and the meaning and I think that although we can clear a lot of stuff out of our lives we do need to declutter and it does make room for other things there's, there's precious objects that we do need to hang on to, you know, and that's important because of the memories and the energy that's attached to it, which leads me into asking your opinion on, do you believe, Mitch, in anything called psychometry? Have you ever heard of psychometry? I I can honestly say I've never heard of it. Psychometry is when you hold an object that belonged to a person that's passed away and doing a psychic reading from an object. So you could, if you went, say, for a psychic reading with a clairvoyant, and let's say you had, for, for instance, your granddad's watch, and your granddad had passed away, and he passed you to this watch, and you give the psychic the watch and say, what do you get from this object? Often um, a clairvoyant can read and tell you all about the person that owned the object and the history of the object. 
So items, I believe, then, that are meaningful and special hold on to energy and vibration. So that's something that, that's interesting very and, and fascinating to look at. So maybe some of these objects that we hold dear to us will be passed on to somebody else one day, you know, and be, and be meaningful. So it's just something that I, I often think about all these kind of things and think, yeah, isn't it fascinating that an object can hold on to energy, you know, and that you could then know all about a person by holding something that belonged to them i think that i think yeah there is truth to that there is um i mean yeah they they can't for those who are closed-minded and choose not to believe that that's fine that's cool but to those of us who are you know in tune with all that side of things spirituality and vibes and energies and whatever um you know there is a resonance in that and i think i find it comforting to know you know what a great man say you know go go with the the watch metaphor you know a great man pardon me pass this on and you know and with it stories legacy it's you know legacy is an important thing and um but yeah like i'm enjoying this conversation it's um it, it, it's <laughs> you, it, never know. you never know when you do these things the way it's going to evolve and sometimes you end up down a different road to you you expected to go down and and that's always what's wonderful about particularly spiritual subjects is that you never know where you're gonna you, you're gonna end up you know, and, and I encourage anybody to look further and make their own mind up about spiritual stuff. And the way I got into it was through something really, obviously I knew, you know, I was having these experiences, you know, ever since I was born. But the, the defining factor for me was when I went to train in Reiki healing, that seemed to open my mind out even further. And, and Reiki, I became a Reiki master. And that was an incredible incredible thing that happened to me and it really allowed me to really look at things from a different angle and be very open-minded about all sorts of subjects because in our daily lives I think we get so swept up into being busy having a routine got to get back by four o'clock got to do this got to do that that often we don't give us ourselves that time and what I've tried to do more recently is give myself one hour every day where I try and explore something new, you know, or learn something new um, or do the meditation. I'm a big believer in, in meditation. I think that's a fantastic practice to do. And what I've found that some of this new learning now has led me into listening to so many people's podcasts. Isn't it just a wonderful way yep. to share information easily because you can have it on in the background while you're cooking your dinner you can have it on in your car while you're driving from a to b and do you know what i've met some amazing people and learned so many things and so i think it's important if you can factor in some time every day for your own progress and i know for me personally i've progressed so much by pushing myself out of my comfort zone you know I've, I've done these things on tv like we, we chatted about at the beginning and everybody gave me lovely feedback who I know you know they were so kind oh you're fab you did really well you look so confident you know you're really clear with your answers and I thought if only you knew how hard that was to do 
only you realise that I was absolutely bricking myself, you know, doing it. But that is how you progress. You have to take a risk. And so many people are stuck and that they don't want to take a risk in life. They stay in the same job for 20 years because they're too frightened to look for something new. Oh, well, I know what I'm doing there and I know that I get paid every week. And, yeah. And, you know, and I think that sometimes you have to take a risk in life and, and that's really important to have that sort of trust within yourself that you are capable of so many great things. You know? Well, I, I speak about it every week. Like I talk about the metaphor of, you know, taking a leap of faith. You know, if you, if you want to stay in your comfort zone and as you spoke about it before, you're like, oh, I, I, I don't feel like I could get, go to the workforce and be told what to do and this and that. So you're not, you're doing your own thing. Um, yeah, that's me, true. It's like, so, you know, and it's all about manifestation. And if you like, if you want to, you know, if you want to buy that car, if you want to take that holiday, if you want to, whatever I've said, you know, I've said it many times. If I wanted to start this podcast and keep doing it, that's what I'm going to do because it makes me happy. And I keep saying it, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a negative metaphor, but there's no point taking the best ideas to the graveyard. Do you know what? That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. That There is no point in that whatsoever. It's no good looking back on your life and thinking, if only I'd taken that opportunity, you know, or why didn't why did I say no when I could have said yes? Because you, you don't want to look back and, and regret it, you know. And, and they're always they're always going to be people who um, you know criticize and critique. You know what? Chances are they're miserable anyways. And misery loves company. I see I see it as this toxic black sludge that just finds a way to try and ooze over you but if you carry an umbrella and say dare i say it f you to those kind of people and get rid of that negative negative toxicity people often deflect don't they where you know they might they might slag you off or be really spiteful and i often look at that and think what is going on in your life to really project that that miserable um horribleness onto somebody else so if ever I've had any negative criticism and touch wood, it literally, I've been very lucky. It's been very few and far between. It has happened every now and again. Uh, but when, whenever that's been there, I've always thought, do you know what? There's something going on for you. And I often look at the words that people have written when they're having a go at somebody. And I think, do you know what? That's what you're thinking about yourself and you're projecting that onto somebody else. So often, if you get any negativity, look at the words that they've given and think that's exactly what that person is thinking about themselves, you know? And I think that they've got a lot of a lot of stuff going on in their own lives that they're not ready to deal with or they're unhappy and they're miserable because happy guided, well-meaning people don't go around slagging each other off. They don't go around causing problems and they don't go around being mean and spiteful to others because they haven't even got those thoughts in their head, you know, and that's how I feel. I just couldn't even be bothered. (laughs) I couldn't even be bothered to type anything, you know, that's horrible. What, What is the point of that? So I think there's a lot of stuff that goes around, especially for young people. It must be so difficult to to I mean I've been you know brought up a teenager in the 80s the 80s is something I talk about a lot because I had a great time we had great music we had a great life we had great clothes my parents are are wonderful people we didn't have lots of money but we had we had happiness and we had love and we had respect and and I still do from, from my family 
which is which is great. And I tried to instill that into into my kids, you know. And my son Kieran, he's well, all my kids I perceive as being quite brave individuals. And he bought himself um, a transporter, a VW T4 camper van. Well, he's made it into a camper van a few years ago. And he went off around Europe, him and his girlfriend, for four months. They drove around France, Spain, um, Switzerland, you know, and I think they went to Portugal. I can't remember now. They went everywhere. And they just really wanted to do that. And I thought, I was frightened for them to go. And I thought, no, don't put my fears onto them. This is a dream. You must encourage their dreams. And so what we did um, was that they let me know that where they were and that they were okay and what they were up to, which was brilliant. And they took the most amazing photographs when they were away. And Molly, his girlfriend, has got a really professional camera. My other daughter, Rachel, who we talked about briefly when she toured with the Blanks, she's also a very courageous person. She did a tour of Pakistan um, on her own. She went with this little tour company and she had a film made about her um, doing a tour of Pakistan. And all these wonderful photographs were, were kind of on their Facebook profiles and things like that. And I thought to myself, these photographs need to be seen they need to be used. And I turn their, their wonderful adventures into a set of my own Oracle cards. And yeah, so right. that's interesting. Yeah, I made 50, a pack of 52 Oracle cards called Live Your Best Life, which are really to encourage younger people to go on an adventure, you know, and I use them for readings time and time again, you know, especially when I'm on my radio show. And, um, and they're all pictures that my kids have taken. And they're all really to encourage um, people to seize the moment and to come out of their comfort zone. So they're all about predicting the future. And I'll, I'll just pull these two for you, um, Mitch. I don't know if you can see that, Bill. Uh, sorry, hold it still. See past any obstacles. And it's a, like a cool looking, like a quad tricycle looking thing he's riding. Well, she's riding. That, taken, that was taken in Switzerland. Can you see the mountains? Yeah, yeah, it it's looks like lovely. You can overcome any difficulty, and I've just pulled that out for you. And then I've pulled this one out for you, look, that says life's an adventure. Go for it. And uh, looking like at a gorgeous swimming in the ocean with the sun going down in the background. That's a great photo. Yeah, they took these amazing photographs. And, uh, yeah, so I turned them into um, I turned them into cards. I want to show you that one. It says time to move because I think you're moving. Yeah, okay. It's, is that somewhere? Is that yeah, where, where was where was that taken? Somewhere. Italy. Nice. Was taken in Italy, and then that one's my daughter Rachel in Pakistan, and it says break down boundaries. If you can see, she's doing it. Doing she's, a and she's break dancing in a different country. That's cool. Yeah. Middle of middle of the Himalayas. <laughs> so there you go. That's so cool. I, I, sh I, sh I should show you one of the photos I took. I um, So I, when I did my Europe trip, I lived in England for a time. I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but um, I come across the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa and I'm, I don't, know, I don't know if you can see that. Can you, can you see that? I can see it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Doing a flight. You're doing a flying, a, like a, a samurai kick to try and straighten the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> did it work? Did it work? 
Oh, we got some good. Oh, no, I didn't work, but I got some good pictures. So, <laughs> isn't it amazing? Um, I think there's one like that. I don't think it's in my set of cards that they um they took a picture of a Toblerone, you know, the chocolate Toblerone. Yep, yep. And you know, there's like a picture of that mountain on it, and they actually went to Switzerland where that mountain was, and and my son Kira managed to align the Toblerone um, bar with the mountain and hold it on the top of that mountain. So it like lights so up. Look, uh, yeah, that's cool. Real, that's that's cool. Really cool. Really cool picture. I haven't got, I haven't actually got that in my set of cards, but it is on the, it's on, I think it's somewhere on my Facebook. So uh, it is amazing what, what you can, what you can actually do and the adventures that you can go on. But I think to encourage young people, in a spiritual way is very important. So that was one of the motivations for doing my own set of Oracle cards is that they can, you know, young people can purchase those to really get themselves. If they believe that they're psychic and they want to do readings, they're a modern way of working and, you know, they're relatable because those pictures have been taken by young people. Because a lot of the Oracle cards and tarot are quite old fashioned, you know, mm. and, um, I think that young people relate well in with these and, and can progress upon their own psychic journey because there is a lot of young psychics that are coming in. Um, I speak to psychics and mediums all of the time because I've been so lucky to interview hundreds on, on my radio show over the years. And I've had all the well-known people on my show in the past. I've had Derek Cora uh, three or four times on the show. I don't know he's like a he's passed away now sadly he's like probably the biggest well-known medium in the UK so I was very privileged for him to be um, on my radio show three or four times and had Gordon Smith who is a, a brilliant medium and Colin Fry who's also passed away so some of the big names in in this if you like have, I've been lucky enough to interview and um, have on my show so I've met so many fascinating people and my my love for radio um, started because in the 80s I had a CB radio and that's what I used to do go on a CB radio years and years ago and it started off my own love for broadcasting and, and being on, on the radio you know so I, I really understand that it's important to follow what you love and it yeah. hasn't stopped me and, and I've been, you know, and it's like you, you've already mentioned that you go on the local radio station. And I think, you know, if, it, if it's your passion, you've got to follow that passion. Well, the idea is to, um, you know, use this podcast to learn interview styles. And then when I edit it, learn a bit, a little bit of sound engineering. And then when I'm at the radio station, it's, it's an older one, but it's, it's teaching me how to broadcast you know, I, I take, there's no on live air, but I can talk to people on the phone. They can ring in, do music requests. So I'm enjoying it. But before we wrap things up, um, one, it's been an incredible chat this evening, but uh, morning time for you there. Um, it's we've been going for a long while and this is great because it, it just seems like it's effortless. And, um, you know, I, I really want to keep chatting, but I've got a bit of editing to do and it's 10 o'clock here. So it's, starting to starting to get a bit late 
Yeah, but before we go, could you just remind us again of where all your socials are and where people can find you? Um, Absolutely. I've got a website. It does need a bit of an update, but it is called psychicbeth.com. Also, I've got Psychic Beth on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page. Instagram is Elizabeth Lee Crowther underscore psychic. Um, But if you just Google me, if, if you go on to Google, just put in Beth Lee um you'll find all my bits and pieces where I am online and yeah I just love meeting new people and you know what I've really enjoyed our chat today thank you so much Mitch for inviting thank you me on. I've really enjoyed it it's been great to meet you likewise and as we're going forward I'll keep you in touch I'll keep in touch with you now now that we have started this um you know uh, collaboration um you know we can we can go on chatting and stuff and but um Elizabeth's uh, socials and a link to her book and uh, all the all the places she just mentioned will be in the episode bio underneath. So thank you for having a good bitchy with Mitchy. I know I went on a few tangents, uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, just remember call someone a human handbrake, call them gravity because they're weighing people down, and um, just if they give you attitude, just say I think you need to work on that. Or oh, what's that? You professor, you you paid to be professional at like it. And, um, I'm going to do that, Mitch. And, you know, the biggest thing I'm going to do is say to people, will you stop being a suck? What does that mean? Well, let me tell you a story there, champion. But, like, and also <laughs> if, if you ever, like, find that people bring into your radio station with similar stories and they need help to, you know, get out of situations, I'll, um, I'll happily help them try to get through and give the little, I'll give a little Australian perspective for them. Might be able to help you out a little well, bit. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to come on my radio show, but perhaps we can have a little, a little section called Mitch's tips or something, you know, you'll have to come on. And uh, I know my audience would absolutely love you. They really would. So perhaps we can uh, work something out and you can be a guest on, on my show some, someday. That'd be an absolute pleasure i would love that excellent but uh thank you so much for having me no worries i um i learned a few things today and i look forward to uh to things that'll happen later this year but until next time that's been episode 25 and uh you know as always give us a like on um on the 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 socials when i post it i'll tag when i release the episode we'll be cross tagging as well and uh always as always give us a, a like and review on apple Apple Play. So for now, thanks for thanks for today and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.